gates and ready to go. Hot Mike with Withrow underway on the Wednesday edition. Glad you're with us. Happy New Year. Happy holidays to you and yours. If you're watching on YouTube, we say thank you. You can join in on the chat there as we broadcast live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. If you're listening on this uh, great radio partner, we say thank you for that. Kelly Stewart back in the seat for Withrow, who is uh, snowed in. He checked in. A ton of snow in Nebraska. Go figure. So I want you to know how much trouble I got on an earlier show this morning. Go uh, ahead. I said to someone who lives very close to Iowa, technically on the other side, okay. about how much how bad the weather must be. They said, what are you talking about? It's 60 degrees. I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> and you brought how many how many jackets and things with you? Uh, with me? Like four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're a Denver Broncos fan. Unfortunately, yes. Although long, you did long say- Long time you, suffering. Yeah, you, you, you did say yesterday- um, not really since Peyton left, right? So here's the thing. Uh, when you have to look at games outside of your fandom, you have to look at games from a monetary perspective. Yep. Uh, and being the resident gambler here, I have had to learn when to bet on and when to bet against your team. Okay. So it's been much more subjective. But, yes, the last time they brought me true joy was Super Bowl 50. And that was really because Von Miller won MVP. <laughs> there is no joy in Denver today. No joy in Colorado uh, from the Broncos facility. Uh, Russell Wilson benched for Jarrett Stidham. It's a financial move. It's also a football move based on the timing of this. And this comes at a moment where the Broncos are not mathematically eliminated from the postseason. This is Russell Wilson, who they traded two first-round picks, two second-round picks, a handful of other picks, and players last year. And he was awful last year. He's been better in 2023, but not good enough. And Sean Payton, who I assume, Kelly, chose Denver because Russell Wilson was there. That's not the case. He has the full authority, and that's ultimately clear based on this move. They're moving forward with Jarrett Stidham. Currently, it's not likely. But Denver has a 9% a, a chance of postseason play. They actually have a better percentage chance to win the division than they do to get the final wildcard spot in the seventh seed. And they're moving forward down that road with Jarrett Stidham. Why? Well, two reasons. Number one, he has a $37 million guarantee that kicks in in March of next year for 2025. Next year's salary of $39 million to Russell Wilson is already guaranteed. The injury guarantee that will be fully guaranteed in March kicks in for the following season if he does not pass a physical. And what they don't want is for him to be unable to pass a physical. That's what I assumed they were going after when I thought of Derek Carr, for instance, Las Vegas last year. They sat him for the final two games. They didn't want the injury guarantee to pop over. Um, that makes him virtually locked in salary-wise, for two more years on a contract that was four years and roughly, what, $230 million over the course of the four seasons whenever he was traded to the Broncos. Uh, initially, I think it's about the, the Derek Carr-type move, but they can restructure his contract this offseason due to the fact that 2024 is already guaranteed, and it's going to be hard to move him when he's guaranteed $39 million, and he would have a dead cap hit of $80 million plus 
on the Broncos next year. That's crazy. Um, I think the move is a bit crazy. He went on a five-game streak after starting one and five. Peyton was crushed. It wasn't really Russell Wilson that was doing anything to help win, but he wasn't losing the games like he was last year, Kelly. And on that five-game stretch, he turned the football over one time. I believe he had 11 or 12 touchdown passes. Yeah, he threw, the, threw two interceptions, uh, one against the Commanders. I remember because I laid okay. three and a half with the Broncos. They were up uh, 21-3. And then he turned right around and got obliterated by the Dolphins. And I think that that was so embarrassing for Sean Payton that that was kind of a turning point in their relationship. Uh, obviously, the Broncos' defense oh. was they, – they just flat out quit, Awful. right? They, they really did. It was, it was no different than the Chargers quitting on that Thursday night. Here's my one thought process. Yes, last year, 16 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. This year, 26 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Yep. Who are the Broncos going to find that's better? That's my question. And I am no Russell Wilson an apologist. I don't think that he's washed up. But I also don't think he's an elite quarterback. There's got He's to, not cooking, was what you said yesterday. Yes, yes. Everybody was talking about, oh, let, let Russ cook. Russ is, needs to get kicked out of the kitchen, and that's exactly yeah. what happened. But – as somebody who's holding an over eight and a half wins ticket for the Broncos, I'm not exactly thrilled. And the reason why I made that wager is because I thought the Chiefs would take a step back. Fair yep. enough. Thought the Raiders would take a step back. Fair enough. I, I am I'm not sure what's going on here other than the fact that they want to keep him healthy enough to trade him. It's going to be difficult to trade, though, based on the deal. And a, a restructure could happen. But it also sends this message. He's now the backup to Jarrett Stidham, where Sean Payton who mathematically is not eliminated from postseason play. He's saying that he's moving forward without Wilson as the starter. He's now the backup. He's not just going to be inactive. He's been named the backup to Jared Stidham, which means he's one play away from being in the game and potentially getting hurt. So if you view it from the other way of thinking, it's a football move. And this is what Sean Payton said yesterday to the media prior to today's news. So many times when we look at some of that stuff, it's self-inflicted problems that has to get cleaned up. That's communication. That might be having to reduce. Is there too much in? Right now, we're average to below average in a lot of things offensively, and it's not good enough. I think the ongoing step is understanding how not to lose games before you learn how to win them. Two-thirds of the games we see each weekend are lost before they're ever won, and we're still learning that the hard way. He's saying this and implying that the offense isn't going to get better with Russell Wilson right now. And Jarrett Stidham gets his opportunity. Someone that Sean Payton did choose. They gave him $5 million guaranteed on a two-year $10 million contract. He was one of the first to sign in the offseason to be the backup to Russell Wilson. I'm not saying he's the savior, but he's apparently good enough for Sean Payton. He, oh, this is where Tom Brady said this a couple of weeks ago, and he said that there's just not anybody that he's willing to go out there and, and put in an elite category, right? Yep. I'm not willing to go out there and put very many people in an okay category. That's I fair. haven't yeah. seen it's enough from, really Jared, from Jared Stidham. No. I haven't seen enough from many backup quarterbacks in the NFL. You've got the Jake Brownings of the world that go out there and shock you for three or four games and then get brought back to life because we know how good these defensive coordinators are. Yeah. Chargers put up a fight last week. Broncos have a dogfight on their hands again this week. The good news is, is Easton Stick is 
about as good as Jared Siddham. <laughs> so I think this is more of an even playing yeah. field. I'm not ready to throw my ticket in the trash just yet. But this says more about Russell Wilson, doesn't it? It has to. Yeah. But do, do you recall midseason? So being a Broncos fan, I have a lot of family that lives out there as well. And I, I get some some comments, right? And I have some friends that are, are that are really close enough with Peyton that I can get some good insight. And yep. I text one of my girlfriends and I said, hey, is this true? You know, what was said? And she said, well, what do you mean? And I go, that he basically was like, hey, look, you need to be a leader for this team. You need to be focused here. Stop kissing babies. Right. Stop paying attention to all the outside factors. The social media stuff. Right. Did you hear uh, for Russell's birthday last year, Sierra threw this huge party and like 25 members of the team showed up compared to the 100 members of the team plus, you know, coaches and staff. And not everybody's going to go to your birthday party, but like. Well, that one you would. My point is everybody went to Peyton's birthday party. Everybody went to Von Miller's birthday party. Ask Chad Kelly how that worked out for him, <laughs> you know. And these are all things that as a leader in the clubhouse, people respect you enough to at least show some face. They don't. I don't think they, I don't think they respect him. I don't think Sean Payton respects him. And you can't. Well, he showed up his own office. You know, he had that in Seattle. You know, he's a quarterback with his office. That That's bizarre. And uh, we, we heard from one of the former players, it was Marshawn Lynch, that said he didn't even have Russ's number, his phone number. That's, that's weird. Well, the guy from, is weird. That's what I've heard. I've heard he's very weird. And he goes to the mannerisms pregame where he's like acting like he's working out the play in his own mind and he's calling all the, like, it's just, it is strange. And the, they can spread the dead cat money over two seasons. What they're telling us is they're not willing to risk injury um, compared to risk the possibility that he catches fire the way he did in that five-game winning streak to potentially get them in the postseason, albeit slim margins. They would rather not risk injury to Russell Wilson so that they're locked in for two years instead of potentially making the postseason. And that's fair. So it's $39 million buyout. So they can... The Waltons have more money than God. They can buy him out. But the, it's the cap hit, though, that that really affects them because they don't. You know, they've traded the last two first round picks away. They traded the last two second round picks away, and that was for Russell Wilson. They then Kelly traded a first and a second for Sean Payton. So, I mean, if you're if you're just looking at what they gave up in the assets in those two men alone, that's detrimental to how you're going to build your team. So, you know, they traded other pieces to get first-round picks back from, you know, Miami. But it's not a – I mean, I, I'm surprised. I really am. I'm trying to look at Jared Stidham here and see what we've seen from him that makes Sean Payton think that he has any semblance of a NFL quarterback. I, Six touchdown passes, seven interceptions. I mean, there's just no – there's no data to look at. They, they are either making sure that he's not locked in guaranteed for two years and they're trying to move him or – they're trying to get him to restructure that deal because the real opt-out on the extension really kicks in next year on the extension that he signed with Denver after Seattle um, for the $39 million next year. That's a, I mean, that's a steep price tag for a guy that isn't worthy of finishing a season where your team does have a chance. And this is, this is also um, something to think about. The, the, the NBA gets ripped for load management. And... They, they're crushed for it. And it, how is this not viewed? As, the first thing I thought of was, you have a, it, it, to me, it's different if it's week 18 and you're mathematically eliminated and you're trying to just not get the guy hurt so that you're saving money. Whatever, you're out of it. Who cares? But in this case, like, what are you actually 
saying to your fan base? Maybe the fan base wanted this, but I, get, I mean, you can tell by the, the way the reporters in Denver boots on the ground are reacting. They're, they're surprised by this too. I mean, even after yesterday's presser, I think both games are coin flips. I think the Chargers game's a coin flip. I think the Raiders game's a coin flip. We've already seen the market come down about a point and a half. Are they? We're really saying that Russell Wilson's only a one and a half point drop off from Jared Stidham right. as it stands today. Yeah, Denver. I mean, Denver's just. I mean, there now are a lot still, of bad offenses, but this you, is. You still have to play the game. Yeah, but they're they're saying like I mean I wouldn't bet on them to make the postseason. You can't. But, but I would at least try to make the postseason. They're not it, even doing that. Well, all you have to do is win your two games and then the chips fall where they may, right? You got to hope for a lot of other craziness to happen. But all you can do is probably win that Patriots game that they should have and not lost and then subsequently win the next two. The other thing, too, is informing the team today that you're making the quarterback change after telling Russell Wilson that he's been benched and you're telling Jared Stedham he's starting this week. If they go out and play a ton, that, that is damning to Russell Wilson. Even I'm saying across the, across the roster, Based on the leadership factors gonna, that you're saying. I'm going to go ahead and say that they are going to play better. And I actually think that that might be a play on spot based on the overreaction of Russell not playing. Yeah. My only caveat is I haven't seen enough from Jared Stidham to say I can actually trust him. Because look what we saw from Easton Stick in his first start. Sometimes these guys, they can run the offense in practice. That does not always correlate to uh, you know a Sunday afternoon game. Uh, another team that, that went all out to get their franchise quarterback, the New York Jets, who announced through... Uh, Woody Johnson today that they are going to bring back Robert Sala and Joe Douglas for next year. Um, that is an, a surprise given what Aaron Rodgers has said this week and backing those two men to lead the organization. But it's Aaron Rodgers that's running the organization. Absolutely. And he's activated to the roster. He's not going to play. But he took a roster spot from someone on the 53-man roster. And he said that he was overruled, that it was management and coaches that wanted him on the 53-man roster. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to take a, a, a roster spot away. They had a luxury where they had some injuries. They did some other things. Um, they were in a position where Robert Sala said it was just an open spot that they were going to take advantage of. They're not doing this without Aaron Rodgers wanting to do it. They're not doing it. They're not. Uh, Robert Sala isn't back next year if Aaron Rodgers doesn't want him back next Correct. year. Correct. And given that, I mean, I, when he says he didn't want to do it, I mean, I don't know how you overrule Aaron Rodgers. You don't. That's not happening. Speaking of leaders. Yeah, he's been great there. He has been great there. And even Zach Wilson has been outwardly spoken about how wonderful he's been towards him. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan, so I will say this. So maybe there's a little bias in this, but I think what well, Aaron does is he has some semblance of Tom Brady without as much arrogance, or maybe it's a different type of arrogance. Oh, it's definitely different. I understand the I understand him on a different level. Never have met the guy, but from a player, I enjoy watching his style of play. I enjoy watching how he interacts with his teammates. And I think the hard knocks episode this year really sent me over the edge. And I mean, it made me like the He whole was a Jets complete one eighty. From Green Bay. Supposedly, but that's not what I heard. I heard him under Mike McCarthy was that same guy. I think there was an, more of an issue than they it let was, us believe with Lafleur, and, 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 and management. And Aaron did not have the power that he has in New York. My goodness. Yeah, he wanted to say on the roster. They weren't helping yeah, him at receiver in the draft. 
And, and then they went out and they drafted a quarterback. And then they kept paying him. Yeah. You know, $50 million, MVP. They paid him again, MVP. And they just got tired of the offseason saga. Do you know how bad I wanted him in Denver? Way oh, yeah. before all this. Well, that's I, why Nathaniel Hackett got hired. Yeah, I know. Uh, and how did, well, now Russell Wilson was there. Literally, what, 30 minutes after Aaron Rodgers announced he was going back, Wilson was traded. Yeah, I should go back and look at those tweets because I guarantee I was in a lot of pain over those. Um, the quotes from uh, Jets owner Woody Johnson, uh, very positive moves this season. The culture's better. The defense is better. The offense needs a few pieces. And goes on to say that we've got the quarterback. Now we need help on the offensive line and at wide receiver. So get ready for a 2024 NFL offseason that's going to be centered around the New York Jets yet again. Tim Brando joins us next. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us for Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow, Kelly Stewart. Guest hosting in for Chad, who is in Nebraska with family over the holidays. We say hello to Timmy B, Tim Brando, who joins us. Always great to see you uh, uh, with the Blackhawks jersey on. Uh, I know they're hosting Winnipeg, I believe, this evening. Is this a, a good luck nod trying to uh, do something to get your team on the winning track? No, this is nothing more than an homage to Christmas vacation. It's still Christmas around here. Okay. I've oh, got go. uh I've got Griswold stuff in the front yard still. I got it in the uh the dining room, the den. We just got rid of all the grandkids. I say got rid of. We just we missed them terribly already. But uh Good they save. just left. <laughs> they just left. And so it's a quiet place, but we still have we'll keep our Christmas uh decor up. Well past uh, January one, it'll be probably second week of January because my basketball schedule gets crazy, and so it stays up for a while here at Chateau Brando. We are anticipating <laughs> a crazy college football playoff. How do you describe the anticipation from your vantage point of the two matchups we're going to have on Monday? Well, a couple of things. Uh, this is the thing that jumps out to me. Uh, first and foremost. The, the matchup in and of itself uh, between Alabama and Michigan is a programmer's dream. Yeah. I mean, it's the kind of game. I don't know why ESPN has chosen to go the way they've gone with the promotional ads being the greatest story ever played because, okay, that's really rubbing it in to Florida State. That's a pretty, that's a pretty bad story that you had. They didn't have to do that. It's it's a great matchup. Just say what it is, okay? Michigan, who better to root against if you're anti-Harbaugh and anti-Big Ten than Michigan? And if you're anti-SEC, who better to root against than Nick Saban? You could have done it. You could have just put those two faces up, all right, and, and connected the rest of the world outside of uh, the Big Ten and the SEC. Instead, they went greatest story ever played. No. Uh, it's not the great, it's a, it's a bad story. What you did to a power five team for the first time in history. And it's just a reminder to me uh, for sophisticated fans of how Florida state was thrown under the bus and the ripple effect that that's having of pushing ahead. What's transpiring to the ACC right now, lawsuits all abound all through the holidays through Christmas. It didn't stop the lawyers from going to work on both sides. Um, I was very upset when the bowl championship series was first created 
with the marketing of it. Uh, if you recall, and you have to go back in time now for context, but I'll never forget ABC's first promo for it was four games, one champion, <laughs> which of course was indicating that all four games mattered in determining the champion. It didn't. It was just one game that mattered. Okay. To me, this is a classic miss in terms of marketing and promotions. It should have been the greatest matchup that you could ever hope for in college football. That's what it is. If you want to accentuate the positive, Michigan-Alabama, because of the, I mean, most casual fans that are just uh, drive-bys that are going to be watching this game and maybe this game only uh, of this season, okay? And that's what you're trying to do for games like this is attract an NFL championship uh, environment where people that don't tune in to college football on a regular basis are watching Throw up uh, uh, pictures of uh, Harbaugh and Saban, and it could look like America's most wanted to people outside of Michigan and Alabama, okay? Fans are going to connect to that. But to say it's the greatest story ever played, uh, that's, that's, that's really, I think, demeaning, even more so to Florida State, as if they needed uh, you know, more dirt to be thrown on them uh, at this stage. So I don't agree with that. As for the game itself and as for – those that love college football the way we do, oh my God, uh, we can't wait to see the game. And it's at the Rose you know, Bowl. And I, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the setting in the Rose Bowl is perfect. Uh, Michigan familiar there. And of course, Alabama's um, not, uh, national title against Texas that everyone remembers back in 2009 was also there. So there's a lot of history to it. Tim, let's kind of switch gears because you brought up Michigan. I want to talk about Harbaugh here. Uh, and I always like to look at the storylines. And, of course, you've mentioned some of them. But let's talk about Harbaugh's offer that's on the table, $125 million, 10 years. Do you think that that's going to come into play here over these maybe next two games, but particularly this first one on Monday? No, not really, Kelly. I, I think that's just more uh, Ward Manuel's way of saying, well, I did all I could. <laughs> I mean, it's no secret that the athletic director at Michigan and the head football coach uh, at Michigan have never seen eye to eye uh, and seldom, if ever, talk. Uh, Anyone that's close to the Michigan program uh, would tell you that. And I think that this was Michigan's way of saying, "Okay, this is due diligence. We're going to do all we can here uh, to make sure that all the Michiganders understand that we have we've done everything that we possibly can. the earth-shattering uh, announcement, if there is one, would be that Harbaugh would accept it. And and when and if he accepted it, uh, if it were prior to the game, would be a huge story. Um, but I think that uh, it, it just adds a little more fuel to the fire of those that uh, I think outside of Michigan believe that uh, what he did was wrong. And even Michigan knows that. Uh, but they're going to make this this uh, this move from a public relations standpoint to tell the the people that are devout to Jim that they did all they could. I don't think it's anything more or less than that. So follow-up question then, do you think he's going to go to the NFL? Yeah, I do. Uh, I think he's had, I mean, the NCAA has it out for him. Ultimately uh, guys that are hounded by them, whether it's Tarkanian who, who had a lawsuit and won over 5 million years ago, or uh, I'll never forget uh, the great work my friend Dale Brown did. He could have probably gotten more money because of what they did to him. Uh, he decided to retire and stay in, in Baton Rouge, although he was falsely accused of doing something. But, you know, he called them Gestapo bastards in the 80s. 
And uh, David Burst and others went after him with a vengeance. And it was uh, horrific in every respect. Um, I think when I think when you look at Harbaugh from a football standpoint, you don't take it to the uh, the nth degree that they did and channel and backstory um, through leaks from their investigators to the media the way they did to force the hand of the Big Ten to throw some sort of obscure rule about sportsmanship into the fray to make sure that he he sat for another three games before the start of the year. I, I think Jim's probably had enough. So I, I would anticipate, I'll be shocked if he stays at, at Michigan. I really will. Tim Brando, our guest on Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Um, so how how much are we overlooking Washington in the matchup against Texas? Oh. <laughs> well, again, as much of the, uh, the from like I said, the marketing standpoint, this is a, a true undercard because Michigan and Alabama is the game that all of the college football pundits want to see and have been wanting to see really since the college football playoff was put into play in 2014, and we've really not had it. We, we had an Ohio State-Bama matchup, you might recall, that year in 14, but that was in the semifinals too, and I think, I think the Michigan factor was even bigger than Ohio State, and because we've waited so long, I, I think it makes for uh, just the kind of uh, earth-shattering moment in college football annals that we'll be talking about, regardless of the outcome of the game, for a long time to come. But I submit that the winner of the Washington-Texas game is your next national champion. I, I really believe that. I think both teams are more complete. Both teams uh, present um, a diversity of offense that I think both defenses would be, both Michigan or Alabama, who would ever represent that side of the equation would have trouble with. Uh, Texas did it before. I think they could do it again. Uh, and I think in the case of Washington, in the matchup itself, I prefer that pick over Texas in the game. Go back and look at the Alamo Bowl almost a year ago to the day, and, and you'll see that uh, Washington's outside core of receivers were just too much, and, and they've improved. You know, Odunze, McMillan, those guys are just unbelievable. And even though Washington's defense yields a lot of yardage, total yardage in a game, uh, points per possession is what this baby is going to be all about. Okay, and inside the red zone, there's no denying that the Washington defense is really, really good. They've been top 25 all year in points allowed. So those two bookend defensive ends that can get tackles for losses and create negative plays can get you in in trouble with the chains once you get into a scoring zone. And I think that'll be ultimately the difference. But if Texas happens to win the game, nothing has happened to change my thoughts about them being a more complete team than either Alabama or Michigan. Tim, you're old school. I'm putting the ball in the tee for you here. How much has the transfer portal removed the shine or the luster from the other bowl games? A lot. It's a shame because if, again, you go back to what the bowl games always represented and what they represented was an opportunity for a lot of young guys that might be playing their final games in college football as that old advertisement used to say, most of these guys will never play football again. And when you see kids like the, the ones last night from Texas State, you know, winning that game against Rice and going nuts, you know, um, uh, playing at SMU's uh, new stadium there on the campus at Southern Methodist, that, those moments are magical. They mean a great deal. Uh, but how many people really care when given the circumstances that they don't even know who was playing or why? 
this or that player didn't play. And even at that level, a lot of guys aren't there. You know, again, what the NCAA did to Malik Murphy, by example, uh, the Texas quarterback, because of the portal being where it is, he had to make a decision and vacate the premises for Texas. And that could become a factor if Ewers were to get hurt. Sure. He took a lot more snaps for Texas after Ewers got hurt in that game that Spencer and I had against Houston earlier in the year. Uh, and Arch Manning is now the next guy in line. What a storyline. But Murphy had, Murphy had to make a choice. And there are other players in other bowl games that were in similar positions. Poor Florida State has been crucified by that. Uh, and certainly George has lost some players too. But, you know, for those arguing that, well, we'll find out, you know, just how, how, how much damage was done to Florida State when they played Georgia, you know, this is a redemption opportunity. The hell, hell with redemption. It's not redemption. It's a glorified exhibition. And everybody in America knows that with the players opting out because they're protecting their futures. This is happening throughout the bowl system. Who created those dates for the portal decisions to be made? The NCAA. Do you think they give a rat's ass about those kids and college football in general? Absolutely not. Further proof why the first and foremost move by the governors of college football, the commissioners, starting with Petiti and Sankey and Yormark and everyone else in the offseason is to get the NCAA's hands off I mean completely off college football. Run the men's tournament, run the women's tournament, run the uh, lower divisions and the non-revenue producing championships through the money made off of the men's NCAA championship and get the hell off our lawn in college football. Hey, just real quick, uh, and Kelly, you can take it. Uh, the 12-team playoff will affect change because ESPN is going to want teams and at full strength throughout and that could move things back, Kelly. No, I absolutely well, agree. <laughs> I want, Well, I wanted yeah. Tim's opinion on what the right answer is here. Right now, the transfer portal is the mm -hmm. wild, wild west. Here I am <laughs> trying to navigate these bowl games, and I've mm -hmm. got spreadsheets from people who are actually – there's 1,400 kids in the transfer portal. You mentioned Florida State. I told everybody, I said, it's either Georgia or pass, because if I'm a Florida State player, I'm taking my Xbox yeah. and I'm going home. Uh, what's, right. the, what, what's the future look like here? I know you said you want the NCAA's hands off everything, but how do we get to there? What can we do as maybe casual fans? Make some noise, shake some things up. Got about a minute, Tim. Well, the bottom line is to put the pressure on the commissioners, okay? Greg Sankey's got to stop talking about going to Washington to try to get help. Yeah. Okay, that's what he's talking about, and that's got to cease and desist, okay? The two guys that are the most powerful men in college football are Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti. And if you want to argue which order, I, I really don't care. I see them as equals, but Greg's been around longer. They've got to get Brett Yormark and the rest of those commissioners in lockstep with moving away from the NCAA entirely. And that means a lot of responsibility, physical responsibility, and, the, and also the responsibility of taking on tough decisions that only they can make. That's first and foremost. And the other major factor here is fans need to apply that pressure to those leaders and say, listen, we, we want something better. We need something more. We invest in college football all year long. And for this, this is what we get. And to your point about uh, ESPN's needs, there'll be more than just ESPN needing because it's going to take more than one carrier for the future of college football, oh, yeah. whether it's the company I work for or whoever else. They're trying to sell the quarterfinals right now of the 12-team format to other entities because. Uh, right now, ESPN only has the rights to the semifinals and the finals next year. Okay, but I can tell you the big boys, linear television, wants a part of 
the the 12-team format and the future beginning in 26, okay, Hut? But but if you're not going to guarantee a piece of the pie in terms of the title, uh, you're going to have to look to streaming. You're going to have to look to other ways of getting those games televised to get the added revenue. Otherwise, those games are going to be played. ESPN will be paying, but they'll be paying for uh, just what they're paying for now. And that means you're giving up games for free beginning next year by starting this thing a year early. Tibby B always brings it. Tim, thank you so much. We'll catch up soon. Happy New Year. Same to you. Tim Brando. Coming up, primary complaint. Live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Kelly in Vegas. Kelly Stewart in Nash Vegas with us. Making it happen in for, for Chad this week. Uh, hey, you've got the new and improved Outkick store. All the gear is there. It's, it's live, up and running. Stock up on the golf polos, T-shirts, hats, and much more. Shop.outkick.com. That's shop.outkick.com. Um, Kelly, in your, uh, in your expertise of sports wagering, how much money could we have won had we just, just played the money line against Detroit, the Pistons setting a new NBA record for their 27th consecutive loss. So 27 I, losses in a row. This isn't my math, but I saw a tweet from a good friend of mine who I'm pretty sure is good at math this okay. morning. If you bet $100, you started off with this, you know, okay. 28 games ago. Yeah. $475,000 if you rolled it over. Now, nobody does that, yeah, right? Just, yeah, you, but we're just talking hypothetically. If you bet $100 back when they were, what, 2-1? and one? Yeah, they were 2-1. and Two and one. Yeah. It, two I, and one. They're now two and 28. Yeah. Uh, Chance I, of sell the team. I mean, I, I don't blame the fans there. I feel awful for the, I mean, why would you go? Why would, I mean. I don't know why. Two and 28. Certain, certain teams and fans of certain teams subject themselves to uh, longstanding pain and suffering. And Detroit has Detroit lots fans of it. are so loyal. Like, I, I've told Withrow this several times. Like uh, whenever I was with Titans Radio on the sidelines, the most underrated loud stadium was Ford Field. Yeah, I was shocked because I mean the Lions sucked while I was doing this. We spoke about this they yesterday. Were awful, and it was very. It was just like you're in a barn. It is very loud. I was stunned by it. Like, I, you know, Baltimore, I've been, I've been there Kansas City. Times. Yeah, but you expect those because those, those teams have a Super Bowl within the last 30 Abs- years or absolutely. a few of them. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that in Detroit with as bad as they were. They they get after it. I don't know about the, you know, you could audibly hear the chance for sell the team, but I mean, those are going to continue. The, the worst throughout. part is now that they've gone on such a long win streak, no other team is going to overlook them because they don't want to be the team. Oh, that loses to them? That loses to them because they they, now are, you're the laughing stock. They are 21 and a half games back. <sighs> um, nuts! I like. I like. Have they at the broken the record already? They have. They've oh, set gosh. the new record. And just let me quickly look at their schedule to see who's up next and who could potentially beat them. Uh, who they could potentially beat? Um, let's see. They have the Celtics tomorrow in Boston. Yeah, that's a loss. Okay. Roll that over. I mean, at what point do you stop rolling the money over? You just take your winnings. It, well, hypothetically, if you're doing that. Okay. Well, let's put it. Uh, hypothetically, you never roll over all of it. Right. You, you yeah. always you always guarantee yourself some money in your pocket. But at twenty seven, like twenty seven, like it like going going winless tomorrow. in the NFL. That that takes. 
I mean, you, that takes effort. It really does. It's hard to go winless in the NFL based on how things are and set up. And we've seen it, what, twice, twice in my now. lifetime? Yeah. Browns and Lions. And Lions. But and just thinking about it, 27 consecutive losses in the NBA to set the new uh, professional record. I mean, just mail it in. Uh, they have it mailed it in, though. They lost to the Nets. Yeah, but, but by, you've lost 27 consecutive games. Like, I don't care if it's But they're close. not getting blown out. This isn't this isn't Chargers at Raiders the other night where you, they clearly quit. These are not, these are not quitting But I'm telling scores. them, I'm giving them permission to go ahead and quit. Uh, well, they can't because they're underneath. They're under contract. But they're losing one twenty-four to ninety-two. Okay, that's okay. That's one forty-six to one fourteen. That's not fair. But the Knicks one eighteen to one twelve. One thirty-three to one oh seven. You're picking out. You're cherry I'm picking. Just go, no, I'm just going through the Hawks, blowouts. They, okay, there are Pacers one thirty-six, one thirteen. I mean, they're getting boat raced in some of they're, these games. They are, but in other games, <laughs> that they're clearly not complete. They have not quit. Yeah, that you're saying the other teams were sweating it. Not Maybe to be sand, the team. sandbagging it. Maybe they sandbagged it and then just pulled yeah. away at the end. Load management. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gosh, the poor Pistons. I do feel bad for them. But yeah, I I would be curious to see. How, did you see last week with the Jets ticket prices or some of the other oh, teams? Yeah. The Wonder Panthers. Much, yeah, Panthers. 47 cents, I believe, on the secondary market in the rain to see Panthers and was it the Bears? It was, no, it was uh, Falcons. Uh, Falcons. Falcons. Thank you, Davey. It, yeah, Panthers, so Falcons. I mean. If I'm the Pistons fan that doesn't have season tickets, right? You go buy them. On, maybe you go when they play a team that you're really excited to see. Yeah. I don't know who that would be. I don't either. For fear of load management, because that game's not going to be on national TV. Why? I bet people are going to start tuning in to see. Maybe they have the inverse effect. They actually start yeah. getting people to watch their games because they want to see them just continue which, to which lose. Which game was it that you didn't tune into just because you had no interest? It Was, was it... Panthers, Commanders? It was Jets, Jets, Jets commanders. commanders. Jets, Commanders. I See, there's a reason why you didn't watch that game, and I don't blame And it you. looked, in the final score, you know, like I said, it was, what, 21-0 uh, or 21-3? Yeah, they pulled the comeback, yeah. And, and to be able to have it be in the, the mid-60s, what a Sala game. Sala was sweating it because the vote of confidence and yeah. saying he didn't come, he was coming back wasn't until after this game. I mean, Ron Rivera's going to be looking for a new job soon. Yeah, and he knows it. The other interesting thing about the Pistons is this offseason, they gave Monty Williams the biggest contract of any coach in NBA history. Well, and guess what? That's a great profession to be in, coaching. You get paid to fail. They're the paid reason like, relegation should exist in U.S. sports. Oh, boy. Paid to fail. That's always a fun debate, Davey. Are you going to trade with the G League? It can't get much worse. <laughs> well, they get, you're, you're right. European ball. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have some friends that play in Asia. Maybe, maybe we could... Switch, switch out of the team. Maybe we could just bring uh, Clay's high school team up. Yeah, there you go. Place IMG, Bishop Gorman, see, who, see who's the best. Yeah, that's right. Uh, each and every Wednesday at this time, Kelly, we are pissed off for greatness. We air our top grievance of the week. It is time for primary complaint. It's time to air our top grievance of the week. You can complain all you want. My job is so unfulfilling. Run away from your feelings. It's time for a Hot Mike's primary complaint. Guys, my primary complaint this week, the uh, carry-on baggage, the carry-on luggage onto a flight now. Um, I mean, you know how many passengers you're going to have on said flight. You also know that you're allowing up to two bags to carry on. But yet, I mean, I, I can't tell you the last time I was on a flight where I actually had room overhead to place carry-on bags 
most recently, they wouldn't let me put my jacket up there. No, you can't do that. I mean, ridiculous. Uh, on top of my luggage. Um, I had to, I was seated up, uh, up towards the front. I had to go back like eight rows, nine rows, and I had to start like at row 12 to find an open spot based on the layover um, and, you know, the, the connecting flight that was already full of passengers headed to Vegas. Uh, ridiculous. Get it together. You know how many spots are available. Um, if I'm boarding at a certain time and I've got a, you know, 30 Southwest, I'm sorry, but I mean, it's open seating and it should be open luggage and storage space. That's my primary complaint. I love Southwest, so I'm not here for any of the slander. You just need to use your credit card more so you can get on first. That I being did. <laughs> a one through 15. Thank you. No, I know what you mean with the, the lovely layover. That's never very yeah. fun. I'm trying, I was trying really hard to think about a complaint because life is pretty good right now uh, outside of losing the bowl game last night by the hook. Uh, so I was thinking what really pained me today. And I was working remote, doing a couple other shows from my hotel room. Do you guys remember when you used to travel and they had these really annoying boxes? Because at the time I didn't use them and they were Ethernet cords yeah. that you could actually plug in and have a hardwired. And now we just have crappy hotel Wi-Fi till all the end of time. It is um, not conducive. And so I call down and they say, oh, you can come use our library. Well, their library doesn't have Ethernet cords either. <laughs> so great. Thanks, guys. Yeah, the, the Zoom connections, Kelly. I, I would prefer having someone in their car. Yeah. Zooming in. Well, Far better connection oh, than yeah. anyone at a hotel room. Uh, I and mean, that's that's just I ended up using the, the hotspot on my phone. It was better? When I was in a foreign country because it was better <laughs> than the Wi-Fi that was there. And today I ended up using the hotspot as well halfway through the show because it just kept dropping. Just pop over here. I, well, Great listen, Wi-Fi here. I sh that's why I'm going to continue the rest okay. of the shows here. Guys, my primary complaint is when you make an appointment, you have it for a set time, yet that doesn't matter at all. For example, this past this Friday, I was sick. I, I'm pretty sure I had the flu, and I had a 12:15 at a local walk-in clinic. Show up to the walk-in clinic, just about two minutes late, and I go up to the front desk, and I, I was like, hey, I'm here to check in. And they're like, okay, it's going to be a two- to three-hour wait. What? At this point, it, it was awful. They only had one doctor working, and you could tell they were short-staffed. A lot of people trying to get in before the holidays. And so I then have to find a way. I, I At least I'm like, can I at least just go out in my car and try to sleep? And I'm able to at least do that, and they call me. But I feel awful. I'm sitting in there just trying to fall asleep to 90s on 9. And finally, <laughs> after two hours and 17 minutes, I'm able to go back in there. They check my temperature. It's 103. Wow. So there's a reason I'm not feeling good, and I wasn't in a good mood whenever I got there, and they told me it was going to be that long of a wait. So you started this by saying you thought you probably had the flu, but your temperature was 103? Yeah, you definitely yes. had the flu. You had the flu. Yeah. They put me on Tamiflu, so. There what, you go. what I don't understand is why couldn't they just call you and say, hey, you know what, if you don't feel well, stay at home. We'll give you a 30-minute heads up when we're going to think you're going to have an appointment time. I mean, the, what's worse than sitting there with a bunch more? Let's say you didn't have the flu. You just didn't feel great. And then you're now sitting in a room full of other yeah. sick people. That sounds miserable. I think they want you to leave. It's like calling customer <laughs> service. They want you to hang up. Yeah, they at, want at you that point, they're like, we've got too many people here already. But And I get it. It's a walk-in clinic, but you can also make an appointment. I, I tried. I checked around for other places at that time to see if there were any other options where I was not going to have to wait that long because – I just like that's the worst I'd felt since the late 2000s when I, I had a, the flu uh, once before. This is this is an issue. Like this is this is par for the course with any appointment that I can think of. 
If you set an appointment, See, I you disagree. walk in, that should be the appointment time. This is why. Uh, I, the only appointment that matters is if you have a work call for Zoom and everyone expects you to be on time. I mean, the doctor isn't on time. I, I can it, get it if it's 20 to 30 minutes. Around, no, it shouldn't even be. You have an appointment time. That's an appointment time. I set that for a reason. Mm-hmm. I, I logged in and set an appointment on purpose. Uh, honor the appointment. Yeah, I'd be Otherwise, why do you doctor. offer it? If exactly. You're, offer it 30 minutes later then. Well, look, I understand in situations where you'll get a little backlogged, but at the same time, it's like I can give you that leeway of, of like I said, the 20 to 30 minutes, but two to three hours. And they're telling you that right when you're there. It's just you're, you're just thinking this is just going to be an awful experience all around. Yeah, uh, and it was customer, so. customer service has to come into play for a magnitude of reasons. I agree. If you can't honor the appointment, then you either cancel it, change it, something else. But I, I would not be doing business with places like I just don't. I, you've seen my schedule book. I have my life yeah. mapped out by the 30 minutes. And a minor inconvenience is going to throw everything out. So, I mean, spread out the appointments more if you're backlog, Davey. I'm saying if you were oh, yeah. no, you know, Dr. Hudson. Uh, the movie starts on time if I go to the theater. Correct. starts at 7.15. It's not going to start at 7.20. Like, let's, let's get it together on the appointments. It's, it's, it's interesting what we will wait on and what we won't wait on. I mean, you're, you, you had a reason to wait, but, but two yeah. plus hours? I, I needed the prescription. Like, with, I mean, anytime Everyone I go to... they're trying to get like Percocet and Ambien? What are they doing? Yeah. Adderall? You know, rest, what's the longest you're willing to wait at a restaurant whenever they're like, hey, it's going to be See, that's <laughs> a X amount? Exactly. No, no. one's waiting, uh, no one's waiting uh, 45 to an hour. I'm never waiting. I had a breakfast spot the other morning. Tell me 20 minutes. I was like, I'll just go get a bagel across the street. I'm not waiting. See, that's another good example because how many times have you been told that and you see an open table? Okay, well, well that's the problem because um, like a lot of these places, they're just short staffed. Like yeah. they have the room, they just don't have the staff to uh, right. help, help you can't help and you, you date out. your staff and back But if you go to a kitchen. grocery, they have automatic checkouts now, checkout lanes. They're not all open. Why not? Ridiculous. Let's get it together, people. Yeah, I don't do the la- the waiting in line or the. I, I'm, I'm, I'm way you. too impatient. I'm with you. I'm rushing to try to beat everyone to the front of the line. Yeah, no. I feel I feel very fortunate if the uh, if the checkout lane is empty, or if they open one, you know, and you're like third in line, and they open one, and you can quickly get yep, over. With do you card. do you remember the last time you went through and had a person actually like scan your items? I prefer that. Oh yeah, yeah. But you know what? I also prefer just ordering it on the app. You can do that too. Just get it dropped off at my house. Very bougie. I. What do you, you want do from too. me? It, again, I, I time, time, is, time is money in my it. world. Do and it. if I've got other things going on and I can pay somebody $10 to go grocery shopping for me, yeah. done. Do you like following it on the app where they're like no. checking off everything? Actually, that makes it even worse because then I forget that they're like, hey, here's a substitution. I'm sorry they don't have what you want. And then I get home and I'm like, why do I have cottage cheese, not sour cream? Come on. Why is that a substitution? It's not. But you have to remember kind of maybe who might be doing these jobs. That's why you're paying them $10 to go do this, you know? Giving someone a job. Chad once said he had a friend who would throw paper and wrappers out the window and he thought he was actually giving someone a job, picking it up. Yeah. That's that guy. Coming up, headlines and more.